0: Oh hey, good morning! Welcome to Hour Two of the Podcast. Donna and Steve at your service on my talk 1071, everything entertainment, like music news. Give me a beat! It's time to talk music.
1: I enjoy music.
0: With Donna Valentine Yeehaw! and Steve Patterson.
1: You like Huey Lewis on the news? This,
0: this is, is the beat. beat. Okay, so Steve, yesterday, I believe it was you who brought up the happiest song.
1: Good vibrations, right? Yes, that, by was the was in our, that was in a quiz, wasn't it,
2: yesterday? Uh, it was in one of the dirt alerts, actually. <laughs> ah, yes, yeah. so right. Mike brought it mm-hmm. up.
0: Okay, so um, basically, there's this professor, and he has a PhD in music psychology. He studies music in relation to well being. And he has developed a formula that determines the perfect happy song. And the song that meets all the criteria of that formula is The Beach Boys, Good Vibrations. But there are nine others in the top 10.
1: Hmm. Want to hear some of them? Give me some of these. Let's see if we really do feel good.
0: Okay. Um, first off, it is um, September by Earth, Wind, and Fire.
1: Absolutely. Amazing. That song, that song feels great every time you hear it.
0: It's so good. There's Waterloo from ABBA that comes in at number nine.
1: Oh yeah, I dig that.
0: There's YMCA from the Village People. That's okay. a happy song. It's so dumb.
1: Yeah, but it's you're not. People aren't aren't angry when that comes on. You you might be over it, but you're like, oh yeah, I get it. And then making letters with your body—that's always exciting. <laughs>
0: It's very funny that you say that, because I have to do that as part of my physical therapy.
1: What letters are you making? I,
0: all of them. I have to lay on the ground, and with my arm, my bad arm, I have to do all the letters of the alphabet. And I could go big, or I could go small. Fun oh. fact. There you go. Uh, number seven is I Get Around from the Beach Boys.
1: That is a great song. Featured in The Flight of the Navigator, I think we would all remember.
0: Ooh, Fun fact. Uh, number six is Sun is Shining by Bob Marley.
1: I don't know that I know that one, but and Bob then I, Marley feels good. You feel like you're on vacation. Oh,
0: I love Bob Marley. Oh, I just love it so much. Um, and then the top five, I believe we have the top five in a
2: medley here. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I found the medley. Oh, it says like new play. research
0: say these are the happiest songs. Uh, Am I right? Uh, I'll just
1: play them. We I can just, do that. Let's do that.
0: I think this song is super corny, but I accept it (laughs) on the list.
1: Yeah, it is, but corny is usually happy.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, Number four. Pink. Oh, this is good. Number four on the list of happiest songs on the planet. Yes. That is pink. Number three is... Madness. House of Fun.
1: You know what? I actually want to retroactively go back regarding the pink thing. Okay. That's not a happier song than I Get Around by the Beach.
0: Boys. I'm going to agree with you. But for whatever reason, it meets all the criteria. Number two on the list of happiest songs on the planet.
1: I feel
0: good. Oh.
1: it's a feel good song. For sure. Could have been number one.
0: Could have been number one.
1: That's number two?
0: That is number two. Uh, Just behind Good
1: Vibrations. You know what I'm really glad did not make the top ten? Happy? Happy. (laughs) Happy by Pharrell. I struggle (laughs) with that song. And I know a lot of people love it and it makes them feel good. Uh, that's just not for me. So no for me, dog. Oh, so good, amazing.
0: So the professor who came up with the happy song uh, formula, he teamed up with some musicians to make the perfect happy song. It's like an engineered kind of thing. It's called the lighter note, and sounds like this. Oh my God! I feel like it's like Sesame Street. What do you think? I feel happy.
1: Yes, I do, too. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine.
0: It's is
2: fine. Annoyed, which is making me angry.
0: Yeah, the humming wasn't in the first one that I listened oh, to. And then these guys. No, but it's okay. Uh, they made an edit to just give you a better idea. I mean, if I heard this when I was on hold... I'd be like, okay.
1: I love that there was that Miles Teller. <laughs>
0: and his wife.
1: Bud Light commercial so to good. that awesome hold music that really does slap. I don't know what institutions have it, but when I hear it, you're like, they say, can I please put you on a brief hold? You're like, make it as long as you want. Yeah. All right. Just be so- likey. Oh
0: boy. Please don't say that in public. Thank you. I thought that was very joyful.
1: You know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Happy. Thank you, daughter.
0: Just this one time.
2: (laughs) Oh, I was trying to bring up the music. There it is in the background.
1: And we have really had a joyful time this morning. Yeah, we have. You know, I got to say this about Beach Boys' Good Vibrations. Here's why it shouldn't be on the top of the list for happiest songs, according to research. You have to earn the happy a little too much you have to get through the verses. The verses aren't happy. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're surprised when it turns into good vibrations each time the hook hits. Huh? Because the verse of good vibrations is not naturally upbeat and positive. I
0: see what you're saying.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: but once it kicks in, you're like, oh yeah, this is great, yeah.
1: Through that queen of hearts. You're
0: like my best friend.
1: That makes me uncomfortable. I when won't we come say back, it
0: anymore today. Mm.
1: Mm. this hour, mm. when we return, we got a little bit of uh, Doof Swen, otherwise known as Food News.
0: Yeah, I'm going to tell you where you get the biggest bang for your buck when it comes to fast food.
1: And there is a collaboration between two big companies. Both of these company names start with a P, and they're about to release a mashup to the masses. Previously, you could only contest your way into this collaboration. I'll tell you about it. See if you can figure out the two companies starting with the letter P. That when we come back, it's Donna and Steve on My Talk.
0: Welcome back, Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. We like food. Welcome to Donna and Steve's. Can I interest you in some food news today? Yummy! You like fast food, don't you, I Steve? I
1: think it's always fun. I love it. I love it. It tastes good. And it, it, I like eating in a car. Interesting. Almost. It's, I, I think it's always better in the car than at home.
0: I don't disagree with that entirely. It's
1: kind of And fun. not just because of the heat of it. You set up your, you get, let's say, Mickey D's. Ever bleepin' heard of it. You bring it home and you put it on a glass plate. That's not how it's meant to be. You're meant to be eating the Big Mac over the cardboard as things are slipping out. You're getting special sauce on your shirt. Fries reaching into the bag beside you, trying to dip them. Maybe you've positioned the ketchup in the door jam, like where you open the door. Sometimes you can put a little ketchup right down there. You take it at home. It's just not as good. Setting matters. Steve, thank you for what you said. You're a leader in these
0: Thanks for painting a picture. I mean, it was just a beautiful gift.
1: They say it's word art here, right? We have to (laughs) tell them a visual story with our mouths.
0: Word art. Uh, Fast food prices have increased over the years, and some of them are still worth the price. Others, not so much. So there was a study that looked at 12 fast food and fast casual places and then ranked them. This is based on the average cost of a popular meal nationwide. The priciest. Can you guess? Did you look at the list? No, I didn't. What do you think is the priciest?
1: Priciest fast food?
0: So it's fast food and fast casual places.
1: Fast casual. That really widens it a little bit. I mean, I feel like maybe the priciest fast food would be like Raising Cane's or Chick-fil-A. Like a chicken place. Like
0: <sighs> Nope. Panera Bread.
1: Okay, so that's... A little different, but...
0: That's fast casual. Right? Panera. So, yeah. it's about $15 per meal. Number two is a place that you really like.
1: Chick-fil-A? Not Wendy's? that one. McDonald's?
0: Go back to the chicken. Chick-fil-A? Chipotle.
1: Chipotle. Okay.
0: That's second, followed by Blaze Pizza. I don't know what that mm. is. Mm. Shake Shack,
1: mm. and Jersey
0: Mike's. I love Jersey Mike's.
1: Chick-fil-A
0: and McDonald's are the cheapest. Under
1: $9. I was at a Wendy's, and I don't know if you've ever heard of that place. I sure but There's have. a Wendy's in uh, Colorado. And if you get a value meal, just in a suburb of Colorado. Now, I know you guys know me as Daprack Boy, because I see you all the time now, Whatever. But this is just, I wasn't, like, in Breckenridge. This was just, I was just in a town eating Wendy's. The value meals were over $12, Donna. Like, you want a number six that comes with the soft drink and the fries? Over $12. Is that inflation? I don't know. I don't know, but I know that that's a lot. It used to be, like, five seventy nine dollars could get you a number six at Wendy's, which was, of course, spicy chicken. Mmm.
0: The place that people think is too pricey for what it is, is Shake Shack. Um, They also think Panera and then Chick-fil-A. I thought people thought it was the the cheapest, but I don't know. McDonald's and Taco Bell score the best on value. People are generally happy with what they get for the price. Hmm. Thank you for listening.
1: You know, Donna... I'll be honest and speak on behalf of the group. We didn't feel like we had a choice. (laughs) So thank you for the opportunity.
0: You're so welcome. Thank
1: you. There are two companies. Both of the companies start with the letter P. Okay. And they're doing a mashup now that had previously only been available to someone if they won their way in through a contest. But now it's available to the masses. And those two companies that start with the P.
0: Popeye's
1: and Panera. Thank you. Pepsi and Peeps. Marshmallow Cola. Cute. It's back, my friends. It's kind of like they say almost like a Pepsi vanilla or a Pepsi cherry vanilla. They call it a pillowy soft and sweet marshmallow cola flavor. Barf. Uh, that a lot of people really love. They had a limited edition flavor that debuted in 2021. The only way to try it was to win your way in through a contest. Mm -hmm. Only 3,000 cans were made. But this year, you can find the bright yellow packaging at retailers nationwide. They're in these little 7.5-ounce Pepsi mini-can multi-packs and in 20-ounce bottles. And here's what they say. The collaboration is truly unparalleled. Listen to this, P.R. The collaboration is truly unparalleled. A delicious and refreshing treat celebrated by two loyal fan bases that brings unapologetic enjoyment to Pepsi and Peeps lovers all over the country. Those are the words of Caitlin Miola, the director of Pepsi. Hmm. Since only a few fans were able to get their hands on the cup of cans last time, we're thrilled to give everyone across the country the chance to indulge in Pepsi and Peeps this time around. There is, this is what you're going to love, Donna. I'm sure your generation just loves doing this kind of stuff. To celebrate the launch and to kick off the spring season, Donna, there is a virtual augmented reality egg hunt that is taking place on Snapchat
0: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person behind all
1: of this is Chris Jenner,
0: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the
1: fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Fans can unlock prizes including a spring trip for two and exclusive Pepsi and Peeps merchandise. Now, Donna, if you would like to participate in the Augmented Reality Egg Hunt, you're going to have to purchase a can or a bottle of the Pepsi and Peeps product. And then don't forget to scan the AR lens to unlock a code and find out if you've instantly won a prize. That's, thank you.
0: That does not sound like anything I would be into, but thank you for bringing it up.
1: Augmented reality, Donna.
0: The fact that uh, Taco Bell is not announcing this news seems like a miss on their part, but I've got some news for you. Okay. Pancake tacos are now a thing that exists. But not at Taco right. Bell. Cracker Barrel has a ghost kitchen for delivery orders called the Pancake K- Kitchen, and they're selling them. So it's a fried egg with bacon and cheese folded up in a pancake with syrup as a dipping sauce.
1: Bacon and cheese.
0: They're no. served in pairs. You get two of them. Mm-mm. I think it sounds good. Nope. I think it sounds really good. Actually. A fried
1: egg wrapped in a pancake
0: with bacon and cheese and then syrup for dipping sauce or syrup as you would say.
1: Syrup for the people out there who like mm, putting their food together. I'm sure this is good news for them. I don't, you know, I'd like to say something controversial and possibly risk my broadcasting career. I'm ready for it if you are. Okay. I don't think I like any sort of a breakfast-themed taco or burrito. I want my breakfast food flat on a plate. I don't want it wrapped up in a tube. I don't want to have eggs and other things inside of a tube. You know, That's not how I want I lived
0: it. in Texas for a while, and, oh my gosh, they're all about the Tex-Mex, right? They're all about making everything Mexican-themed. So you have breakfast. Guess what? It's in a tortilla, baby. Mm. You have lunch. Tortilla. Dinner tortilla.
1: Hey, Pappy likes tortillas. You know I'm not anti-tortilla. No, you're just anti-breakfast tortilla. I don't want... It's funny. Food's funny that way. How it's delivered to you matters. We've talked about this with fruit before. You can eat fruit normally. Bite a strawberry. You can blend fruit up and you're loving it, right? Well, you can eat a hot dog normally, but if I say, let me pour you some of this blended hot dog... Yeah. You no. all just dry heaved right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Food's weird. It's true. I don't
1: want my breakfast in a tube. I want it flat.
0: Okay. Flat in a plate. But what about a sandwich? You would do like a breakfast
1: sandwich. I do like a breakfast sandwich. But there again, it's not tubed. Okay. So about the tube? You're anti tube. It feels like a straw. Why? I don't want my eggs in a straw.
0: Wow. I Even do. though it's a giant straw and short.
1: I know, it's a novelty straw, but it's still it's the tube.
0: All right. You do you, man.
1: Mike, aren't you glad you're on this show? I love it. (laughs) We're going to take a break. Mike's going to run a game for us. All right. The game is called The College of Pop Culture Knowledge. Do you want to play? Let's have a first timer. Give us a call. Someone who's kind of shy. 651-641-1071. 651-641-1071. Call now. Play the game next.
0: A first-time caller on the line at 651-641-1071. The big Z will be answering your calls, and I'll just hit this button. It's time to go to college. College, college. It's time to attend the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. It's like quiz ball. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Donna's a smart one. Or Steve. His brain ain't right, but it's fun.
2: And here's your host,
0: Mighty Mike. Mike. I want to see how smart you are.
2: All right, we're indeed going to find out just how smart you two are as we are playing the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. Today, the theme is going to celebrate uh, a birthday for a celebrity. That celebrity is The Weeknd. The Weeknd turns 33 today. Wow, And and all of the College of Pop Culture Knowledge questions will have something to do with either The Weeknd or Weekends. Mm, Here is our contestant to play along. It is Megan, first-time player.
0: Hey, Megan.
2: Megan! Hey, Megan! Hello! Oh, hi. Can you hear us?
0: We can hear you. Great!
1: Now, you say we. Is there a royal we? Who's the we?
0: There would be a lab and a German short hair pointer.
2: Oh, Oh, wonderful.
1: Babies. Little GSP. Sit, boy, sit. I used to
0: have a German wire hair pointer. Loved him. Great dogs. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Megan. Right, uh, Megan, um, I had a uh, fat pug once who died due to being fat for her whole life. It is now time for you to decide who you would like to team up with as a first-time caller. Uh, Donna or Steve?
2: It could only be Donna. Son of a yeah! gun. Woo! Megan! Megan! That hurts you my
0: girl! <laughs> okay, I'll try not to disappoint you. All right. Yeah, I'll try not to disappoint you. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, all right. great. We're, Megan,
2: we're going to guys put...
1: disappoint each other. Bye, Steve. We're going
2: to put Megan back on hold. Steve's going to step aside as well. Yay. And again, the weekend turns 33 today, so all these questions will uh, revolve around the weekend or weekends in general. And uh, are you ready, Donna? I think so. By the way, you've got uh, a couple wins already this week, and with it, uh, Steve has 18 total wins. You have 13, so you're... <gasps> (gasps) Climbing back into this, I'm hoping. Clawing away. Here we go. This 1989 comedy stars Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman as two idiots trying to pretend that their murdered employer is really still alive, leading a hitman to attempt to track him down and finish the job. Weekend at Bernie's. This Canadian rock band's biggest hit in the U.S. came in 1981, titled Working for the Weekend. Oh, Loverboy. This hit from the birthday boy himself was Billboard's Billboard Hot 100's number one song of the year for 2020.
0: Uh... Ah, oh, blinding lights. I, that may be wrong. I may have to call on Megan.
2: All right, I'm those say are going blinding answers. lights. We'll put this down here. Didn't even need to uh, run through and hear the finish that timer. Megan, we're going to bring you in here. You were uh, able to hear all those questions, correct? I was. How'd you feel Donna did? First two,
0: absolutely nailed it. Okay. I'm not sure I can help with the other one okay yeah i can't think of any songs Blind, blinding t- lights that's what
2: i thought that's what she went with are you uh... yeah let's do it all right. okay
0: okay that's what we're doing we're gonna bring steve back sounds good thank you megan hang on, on? Woo! Mm-hmm. i think we're gonna win this all right i really do i think we, we have a good chance steve
2: oh, you have a really mind. good chance if steve never rejoins the show
0: i know if he, <laughs> he's not looking up He's okay. looking at uh, Disney movies on his phone. <laughs> Donna,
1: first of all, I was responding to some people who had reached out on, uh, on Instagram. Hmm. I posted a picture yesterday of uh, of Rex, my dog, who was in this room with me when I was broadcasting, laying belly up. And somebody said, I will always think of him now when I listen. You and Donna are no longer of interest to me. <laughs> what? funny. It was funny. Keep up. We're moving here. It's a Thursday.
0: okay. Hi, I'm Steve. I pay attention all the time, (laughs) Not.
2: All right, Steve, you ready to go? (gasps) (laughs) After he lets out that grunt. Yeah, I'm ready. Ready to rock? Okay, sounds good. Again, the theme uh, is uh, The Weekend turning 33 today, so these are all weekend-related answers. Who, me or
1: The Weekend? You.
2: (laughs) Wow. Halfway to 66. There you go. Start things off with this one. This 1989 comedy stars Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman as two idiots trying to pretend that their murdered employer is really still alive, leading the hitman to attempt to track him down and finish the job. Is this Weekend at Bernie's? This Canadian rock band's biggest hit in the U.S. came in 1981, titled Working for the Weekend.
1: Everybody's
2: working for the... men at Work? This hit from the birthday boy himself was Billboard Hot 100's number one song of the year in 2020. Blinding Lights. Let's say the second one again. This Canadian rock band's biggest hit in the U.S. came in 1981, Title Working work. for the Weeknd. on
1: the nose, whatever, boom. Kill the music. All I'm right, with All right. I'm I'm it. It. we're
2: going to go right with that. All right, let's <laughs> run through... The answer is here, and again, we talked about this when you stepped aside, uh, Steve, but this has been a good week so far for Donna. She's got a couple wins under her belt. Mm-hmm. She's trying to uh, maybe... Close the gap. Extend that run. Yeah, it's uh, 18, by the way, to uh, to 13 is uh, is where we sit as far as the standings go. Here we go. The first one you both nailed, <sighs> Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah! Yeah. Woo! Nicely done. I love it. I Andrew very McKenzie. vaguely recall that movie, so I didn't even know that that was the premise, but... Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, this next one, we'll go to number three. This hit for The Birthday Boy was the number one song of the year in 2020. A little more confidence from Steve, but you both nailed it. Blinding yes! Lights is correct. Oh, Nicely done. Yeah! And the second one, this Canadian rock band's biggest hit in the U.S. came in 1981. It's titled Working for the Weekend. It's Lover Boy. Yes! Dang
1: it. Woo!
2: And Ha-ha! Donna nails it. Duggan Patterson.
1: You know, I'm just happy for Megan, our first-time caller. Me too. I'm really pleased that you were able to win, Megan. I just send you all of my love and support.
0: Ah, don't you buy. guys are the best. Don't buy into whatever. You feel he kind says. of bad that you I'm didn't team up with me, though, team. Megan.
1: Whoa!
2: Hey. Oh! Megan! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Megan's like my dream caller, except she's against me. I always try to get people to like say like eat it, Donna. And then she didn't even have to get prompted and she told me to suck it. Oh, Jeez. that's so All funny. Donna rock.
0: Thank you, she's Megan. You rock. Thank you so much for picking me and having faith.
1: Donna. Thank you, Megan. Um, give, give
0: your doggies a little kiss on the head from um, Will do. You guys have a great day. You too. Thank you, Megan. Aw.
1: Again, <laughs> Donna. This
0: makes me so happy.
1: I say this. I'm
0: like so halfway right now. When it hits
1: me, you. I'm happy that you won because you do need it. Kind of seem like you just need one of these victories in your life right now. I sure and so do. I'm Steve. happy for Thank you.
0: Thank you. I love you so much.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, you're just going through frozen shoulder right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical Come therapy. A lot going on. You're con- contemplating getting Springsteen tickets now.
0: I got a lot going up in my my noodle here. Thank you for understanding. Time for a tip. Everybody on the show
1: getting tipsy.
0: Everybody on the show getting tipsy. I will clap now. Everybody on the show is getting
1: tipsy. Everybody
0: on the show getting tipsy. I clap. Thank you for clapping, clap Steve. Now. Okay. Um, here's an easy way to give yourself a boost. It's something you can do every single day to make yourself happier. A study has found that the one thing you can do studies have shown every single day is have at least one solid conversation with someone Hmm. researchers found that it helps with stress it helps with anxiety it makes us feel more connected they identified seven different types of communication that qualify as a quote-unquote solid conversation okay okay so any of these seven things should work joking around check
1: we do that
0: catching up mm. check having a deep meaningful talk
1: from time to time i'm more open to them than donna but sure
0: oh it's a competition is it donna i All thought right. we were talking about the show showing care mm. valuing the other person's opinion <laughs> <laughs> offering sincere compliments <laughs> And even just listening. Mm.
1: Does, does silence count as listening? <laughs> Not yes. Interro- okay.
0: Any of these types of conversations have to have uh, at least, we need to have one of these once a day with somebody. You don't have to limit yourself to just one, but people in the study who had multiple quality conversations a day saw an even bigger boost. There you go. Pass that down.
1: That's really great, Donna. Thanks, Steve. I'll give you a tip now. It uh, has to do with relationships. Okay. But first, I will sip this little bit of water while okay. you entertain the crowd.
0: I'm not going to. Okay. Oh, no. Ah, no. Donna. Nobody likes that.
1: It's we Nobody have likes to that. paint a picture.
0: I'm trying to be honest with you because you're my friend.
1: This is something that we think is helping our relationship currently. I have been betrothed to Lou for some 17 years now. And we both have a a tendency to, when the other person, when you realize that the other person is right about something, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it could be trivial, it could be, you know, it could be anywhere on the scale of trivial to really meaningful, but she just articulated this the other day and I was like, you know, that's really, I have noticed this. And it's really helpful, and I want to try to do the same thing. And I think that this will help to remove a lot of trivial tension that can pop up in a relationship. And it is this phrase. When you realize that the other person is right about whatever, to just say, you know what? You're right. Without But that is a full stop there. So what normally most people do, Is if they get to a point where they say you're right, which sometimes we have to be dragged there. Yes. But when we get there, we say you're right, but that is the door opening to, but here's what I was thinking. But let me just explain. And here's why blah, 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 which then really just kind of rekindles whatever the silly thing is that you're talking about. And then you're kind of bickering with each other. So I had noticed her recently saying a few times she would just stop and say, yeah, you're right. And then she didn't say anything after that. And I was like, what is happening here? What's what's going on? And she was like, look, I've realized that, and boy, isn't this the downfall of man, mankind, pride. So much of what we do is rooted in pride, yes. which is rooted in insecurity. But yes. the pride of, of humankind, she was like, I just realized I've been, I'm prideful in this area where I will very often want to defend or explain why. I'm doing the thing, even if I know that you're right in that situation. And she said, so I realized that and like sort of committed to that in prayer of help me to overcome this and just be humble in those moments. And I had really noticed that she had, I mean, I was, I was kind of joking about it. Like, you know, where'd Lugo, what's going on here? But I do the same thing on the flip side where I, if I get to a point where I'm like, okay, you're right. I explain it and I, you know, justify and all that. It's the
0: same thing with apologies. You know, I'm sorry, but what I was trying to, you know. Correct. Yada yada yada.
1: And so there we were on the mountaintop in Breckenridge. Frisco. On that hike. And I said we were talking about it on the hike. And then I said, Let's just let's just make a commitment right now that we're just gonna we're gonna stop doing that. And when the other person's right, we'll just say, You're right, and move on. And it just can really help to reintroduce, I think, in our case, just like a softness to the communication, instead of it always being about some kind of battle of, I need to be heard, and you need to know every little last thing, not always.
0: You're a very wise man.
1: I don't know, I was screwing up in that area, but we've we've learned it, and so that's my encouragement. If you're one of those people who has trouble admitting when your significant other is right, we're giving that a try, and it's really, even just like a week in, has removed some little communicative tension and actually provides these moments of like smiles with each other of like oh look thank you we you did just it. said I'm right oh thank you God. that was
0: great amazing congratulations
1: I want to leave now
0: you can't because oh. you've got all the stories that we're going to be talking about next
1: I uh, got a little Tom Brady news about what he is getting his hands in in the world of scripted television Netflix getting sporty at just the right time and the one thing Selena Gomez could not say on camera or off camera while working at Disney. We'll hmm. tell you about it when we come back. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk.
0: Appreciate you listening to the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071. Everything
1: entertainment. Ooh. Stevie
0: P hey. in his house, in his closet.
1: Home studio, Donna. Hardly. Donna. Okay. Look, I don't
0: Listen, I have a friend who broadcasts from home. Her whole setup was on her ironing board. <laughs> Uh, you gotta do what you gotta do right I got a
1: feeling my home broadcasting setup is different than let's pull a name out of thin air Tom Bernard that could be I just have a feeling that he's not looking at a hamper and an empty Kohl's bag now
0: I feel like he's maybe more of what you would see in a recording studio of a major music artist
1: that's my vision as well we have a long uh, a, a plan to really get a dedicated office space in this home. Oh, but we're just not quite there yet because it requires finishing a room oh. in the basement so that we can move the guest bedroom from the main floor down to the basement.
0: Ah, a little more privacy too. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what we would like for the guests so that they don't have to you know kind of
0: narrowly go your, back and yeah.
1: forth to the bathroom and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Thanks for asking.
0: Do all of your kids have their own rooms?
1: Two of them currently share a room On this year floor, we have four bedrooms, and they there are two the, the two middles share a room right now. And then Adeline, the oldest is in her own room, and then Dev, who's in a crib, is in his own room. But I'd like to get like a nice setup at home where you had a full office. You've got the sound foamy things on mm-hmm. the wall strategically placed, and maybe even, some, like, legit kind of studio light so that you could then just start doing some of your own. Let's say you just wanted to fire up the old camera at home and do a little, you know, just shoot something from a desk or something like that. Random thoughts on this, blah, blah, blah. You could just do stuff. You got the lighting set. You got it sounds good, natural light. All right. I just have things I want to do. Good luck. You mean it? Yeah. Tom Brady needs no luck. He's doing well. People like to pay him money to do things, and that's good. Good for him. He's getting into scripted television now. He's going to pre- be producing a series on the life of the late John Madden. Again, this is scripted. This is not a docu-series. Brady's going to be one of the producers. It's uh, they're, He says, I grew up admiring John Madden, first as a coach, then as a commentator. I love John's passion for the game, especially his insatiable appetite for educating audiences about football. John Madden was, of course, legendary uh, coach for the Raiders. Then he was a broadcaster, the figurehead of the Madden video game franchise, which continues to this day, even though he really knew nothing about video games. The original thought was this would be a movie, but they realized, you know what? There's more to the story than two hours can take. And so let's chop this up here and we'll make it an episodic scripted series. So look for that from Tom Brady. And I also find it interesting that he's looking to John Madden. I wonder if he will be studying some John Madden as they produce this to help inform Tom Brady on how to be a better commentator or the best commentator he can be. Because Tom Brady is heading into the Fox commentary booth coming up in the 2024 season and he's going to be making gobs of money. I don't know. It's like 15 or $20 million a year. Something nuts. And um, it sounds like he's really going to be... I think this is a sign that he is taking that job very seriously. seriously.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's good.
1: I have more news. I'm Netflix. Listening. Let's stay sporty for a moment. Netflix is doing something kind of cool. They just came out with a an eight-part series. It's kind of a docuseries behind the scenes of the PGA Tour. And I think it just came out. The cool thing about this is, so check for this on Netflix. I'm sure it'll be trending and all that kind of stuff in their top shows. But Donna, are you familiar with the drama that happened last year on the PGA Tour?
0: I don't think so.
1: So the docuseries is called Full Swing. And they just so happened to follow the PGA Tour. In a year when a rival tour began, it's called Live, L-I-V, and this is backed by like the Saudi fund, and people say this is bad news. It's sports washing. Saudi Arabia has all these human rights atrocities and violations, etc., and now they are trying to sports wash this track record. A, by bringing over big golfers from the PGA Tour, and then people are like, oh, Saudis, but we know them because Phil Mickelson plays there. Forget about the bad things that have happened. That's what folks from the PGA Tour would say. So while they did this behind-the-scenes access, it was during a year when a bunch of really big names, most notably Phil Mickelson, jumped ship from the PGA Tour over to Live Golf, and there was bad blood to say the very oh. least. And there was tons of money that was offered to these players. And the players who left the PGA Tour said, we're just trying to grow the game of golf. It was the Pat PR line. Whereas really what they were doing was they were trying to grow their bank accounts. And I don't think, at least if you say that, you might gain the trust and respect of some more people. But now you've got people like, Rory McElroy, mm-hmm. my Irish brother from another mother, mm-hmm. who is standing up for the PGA Tour. And then golf's bad boy, Patrick Reed, who left the PGA Tour, went to live golf. And now he and Rory just, like, despise each other, essentially. Oh. You wonder, I actually wonder, no joke, I wonder if we are, let me, let me ask, Mike, you follow golf? Oh, yeah. Yep. Let me ask this question to you. Yeah. Do you think that we could be in a time, and I know it sounds crazy, but where somewhere in the next two years, you see a fight at a golf course between oh. two golfers, and I know that sounds crazy because you think golf
2: between but Happy Gilmore and Bob Barker, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You've seen Price before. is wrong, yeah. biatch. <laughs> yeah, because the beautiful part about this is the majors, they have different restrictions and different rules. So Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Ian Poulter, these guys are going to play in LIV, but they come back and will play in these major events against the guys you just talked about, like Rory. So you're going to have teams of one guy's from LIV, one guy's from the PGA. The tensions are only rising about this whole situation. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be fun.
1: Because right now, Donna, as it stands, if you sign up with LIV, the PGA Tour will not let you golf in any of their events that they oversee. However, the Masters, the British Open, the U.S. Open, these these are ruled by different golf organizations. The USGA, the Masters is their own thing, which means they, they get could to get determine in on there. Mm-hmm. Okay. who gets into that field. So, yeah, you will have guys potentially. Like if you had Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy <laughs> in the same twosome, the same pairing, that could be crazy. And their feud dates back to the 2016 Ryder Cup right up the street from where I am at Hazeltine mm-hmm. National Golf Club when they went back and forth and back and forth and it was just like, you know, in such an intense match play game. So, anyway, all sorts of drama. The, the Netflix cameras just so happen to be rolling during probably one of the most interesting years that you could have behind-the-scenes access to the PGA Tour.
0: I would totally watch this.
1: It dropped yesterday, so you can oh, search Oh, my God.
0: I would totally watch this, even though I know nothing of golf. I don't know anything about it. A well told story
1: it. is a well-told story. Yeah, mm-hmm. there
0: you go. There you go. Okay, good tip. Thanks, So, Steve. that's called
1: Full Swing. It's on Netflix. And finally... Selena Gomez, formerly of the Wizards of Waverly Place, we now know and love her, of course, from Only Murders in the Building. She did a new interview with Vanity Fair, and she said that during her time uh, on Disney, she put pressure on herself to be the best role model that she could be. Quote, now I think the best role model is being honest, even with the ugly and complicated parts of yourself. That's fair. She says that uh, she was not even allowed to say what the hell in front of anyone while working for Disney.
0: On or offset.
1: Yeah, this wow. said, yeah, of course it wouldn't happen in the Wizards of Waverly Place, but she couldn't be in front of other people and be like, what the hell was that all about? Those hot dog prices are insane. Right, right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's it's a little bit of a cult, isn't it? I don't know.
0: Hmm. Something to ponder.
1: I'm open to being invited into that cult, though. I hear they pay well.
0: Oh, that is true. That is true. All right, when we come back, the big Z is going to have a dirt alert for us. And then I'm going to tell you how Tyler Perry is giving Keanu Reeves a run for his money when it comes to.